Astor Economic Review. My name is John Eckstein. I'm the Chief Investment Officer of Astor Investment Management. I am joined today by my friend and colleague, Nick Porter. Nick, hello. Hey, John. I think we're going to have a quick one today. We don't have a ton of data and no big changes in direction. So I guess maybe I will start out by saying I still see the economy, U.S. economy growing, but slowly. I guess this is sort of in opposition to the recession talk. I still see probably when all is said is done, I'm going to see we're going to have positive growth right now. And then we're going to open up the discussion of inflation, but maybe there's some hints that that is popping out. How do you see the economy in a nutshell, Nick? Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think the general state of the U.S. economy is still relatively positive. Of course, we have had two consecutive quarters of negative real output growth, but that doesn't really tell the full story necessarily. People look at things like final domestic demand to get a better picture of what consumers are doing and what domestic suppliers or manufacturers are doing. You know, I think broadly, we're sort of at this interesting crossroad where we are seeing weakening growth, but we have a very robust labor market and still you know, pretty robust consumer demand. Yeah, I agree. So the data since the employment report last week has been really focused on inflation, which is why I wanted to have a podcast this week. Uh, you want to take us through the CPI numbers? Yeah, so CPI came well below expectations, which is positive. So headline CPI, which includes energy prices, was flat on the month. That's month over month, 8.5% year over year. So compared to this month and the prior year, and interestingly, core was up 0.3% month over month. That's 5.9% year over year. And the story there really, as far as headline inflation goes, is energy prices, things like gasoline, they've driven about a third of the uh, increase year to date. And now that they're cooling, they're taking away. So they give it and they take it away. I'm sort of reluctant to draw any broad patterns out of that. You have seen things like travel prices and used cars decline as well. But you know, generally, I think that the, tr- the trend or really sort of the median CPI is still well above Fed target. Yeah. So I will say, I hopefully our listeners have been spared a very sterile discussion of month on month versus year on year. That's uh, oh, the last couple of days. But uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say that the overall CPI was flat in August, though still up a lot year on year. But I mean, the reason you're interested in month on month is because like you want to see what the direction is going, obviously. And as far as gasoline, which is really the most salient price in there, I guess I see gasoline as, you know, we don't have a lot of information about like what is going to move the gasoline price, right? It's sort of like a given. And so, so far, like, it's hard to say, like, is that going to continue to decline throughout August? Like, who knows, right? Like the wholesale price of gasoline, the ratio between the retail and the wholesale prices of gasoline does not look particularly wide or narrow right now. It looks kind of fine. So like if wholesale gas continues to decline, I guess retail gas will continue to decline as well. And for the first 11 days of August that we have data for, gasoline has continued to decline. And the average price as measured by AAA is now below $4.00 for the first time since March of this year. So keep those tanks filled, people. Bargain. Mm. Can't afford not to. Yeah. The other thing I would caution around this, you know, this sort of discussion and, and the focus on 
uh, headlines CPI is that a lot of people said, hey, let's look through or let's look past this energy surge. It's going to, you know, there's going to be some sort of reversion. And if you say that on the way up, you also have to say that on the way down, right? And so my focus is still very much, even when gasoline prices were increasing, my focus is still very much on sort of the more sticky components of CPI. And that's things like rents, housing, and wages, of course, and how wages might seep through to services. Yeah, and I know you like to look at the Cleveland Fed has a few different trying to get at the core. Let me just clarify that like no economist thinks that people shouldn't care about food and gas, right? Like that's sort of like a dumb joke. The issue is that they tend to move around a little bit more randomly compared to the core stuff. So like you can have arguments about what's the best way to get sort of like the underlying trend. Like the Cleveland CPI has a couple different ones of doing it. And those, just to be clear, aren't showing improvement. Really, those are still, maybe they're up a little bit more slowly, depending on which one you use, but they're still going up as of the, the July number, which is what we just got released. However, you know, one of the really salient things about inflation is the gasoline price. And that sort of affects like people's perception of, of inflation. And so... We've got the preliminary Michigan sentiment data today, and that has improved. And that's been something I've been worrying about for a while, and it is looking a little bit better right now with the decrease in gasoline prices. If you look specifically at their inflation forecast, that's a little bit more mixed. So the one-year inflation forecast is down from last month, but the five-year inflation forecast is up a little bit from last month. So there's a little something for everybody in that report. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, I was talking about gasoline prices. There's this probably apocryphal story about Bertrand Russell, who was giving this lecture on astronomy. And there's this old lady in the back of the room, and he's talking about how the earth goes around the sun. And she, she says, well, no, the, the earth is balanced on the back of a turtle. And he says, well, what's a turtle on? She goes, very clever young man, but it's, it's turtles all the way down. Sometimes I think about gasoline and how it's very irrelevant, very germane for everything from inflation and sentiment. Yeah, and to politics, right? Like you're going to see like Joe Biden, if the gasoline price continues to decline, like I will bet you $100 that Joe Biden's approval rating will improve, right? Right. It's like, and nobody thinks that there's a big handle underneath the resolution desk in the Oval Office labeled gasoline prices <laughs> that Joe Biden is twisting to his, to his little black heart's content. Did you see anything interesting in the PPI, which came out yesterday? You know, it was down the PPI for final demand, which is a, a series that's followed most closely. It was down 0.5%, 0.5% month over month. Some softening goods, strength in service prices. You know, again, I think that's really a, a commodity-driven story, but we'd be curious to hear if you have any further insights. Well, I mean, there also, it's interesting that the core did decline substantially. So, I mean, the core month, the year-on-year movement in the core is down a lot. The month-on-month core is still up a little bit, though though up below expectations, but up at sort of a more reasonable 0.2% month-on-month. So, in theory, you should think, gosh, you know, PPI should lead CPI and you should be able to build some sort of, sort of relationship there. I've never been able to really... Tease it out. I don't have a strong uh, intuition about that. I mean, I guess it'd be more like, I guess I would say like, these are two noisy estimates of the same underlying process or definitely like 
related underlying processes. And so it's good, right? It's ambiguously good, like prices are, are going down. Yeah. So let's draw a line in the sand here, John. Do you think that we've seen the peak in headline CPI? Do you think we've seen the mm. peak in core CPI? Mm, yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, it is a pretty good question because like a lot of CPI, we just said, is like gasoline, stuff like that. That can be affected by temporary things that are outside the United States, right? So if like, I guess Russia can't invade Ukraine again, but they could do something else. And so you sort of have this really a legitimately like unpredictable event, like somebody is rolling a dice off the screen and if it comes up six, like, okay, there's gonna be another spike in, in oil prices. One thing that's interesting about the reduction in gasoline, oil and gasoline prices is that a big chunk of it is probably due to slowing Chinese demand. And that is something that they're probably trying to fix, right? So you've got a bunch of sharp pencils in the Chinese Communist Party trying to figure out how to increase demand and still keep their COVID zero. This might be a tricky circle to square, but you know, if Chinese demand finds a footing and the energy situation continues to be bad in Europe, like it's nothing to say that oil prices can't go up again. So there's a lot of, I'm doing a lot of hedging. I guess I think, yes, we have seen the high in year-on-year CPI, year-on-year headline CPI in the United States for the cycle, but it's definitely not unthinkable that we haven't. So, I mean, the classic thing to say is that there's a 30% chance because <laughs> you think it's serious, but like, if it doesn't happen, then you're like, yeah, I got it right. But if it does happen, 30%. Like, yeah, it's what? Then I only said 30%. Right, exactly. And if it had this happening, you're like, well, I said there was a 30% chance. But I'm going to say my point estimate is yes. We made the high in your, in your CPI. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, just to bash my own question, I think it's probably more interesting to think about the composition of CPI going forward. I think it's totally possible that you see that headline has reached its peak. I think it's probably more likely than not. But headline could continue on its way for, for quite some time, maybe not at quite the same pace. But, you know, again, I think that's... that's you mean core? Core, core, could, core. Could, could continue to grind up? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And that's for, you know, things like wages and, and housing. Yeah, I guess I probably also said, just that anybody's like trying to think about my credibility, like I probably would have said in summer of 2021 that headline CPI had, had peaked also, so. Right. Take what I say with a grain of salt. So it's a long time from now, but I'm not seeing any sign that the weak, the modest, either reduction acceleration in CPI has changed any minds on the Fed. Have you? No, and I think it's kind of, you know, I don't think any of this is, is view changing for the Fed. And I think we've had two Fed speakers recently come out and more or less explicitly say that, you know, this is it's better news than not, but they're, you know, pretty well set in their path and they continue to see the need for rate hikes through 2023. And I think that's probably quite realistic. Yeah. So I've seen three speakers since the CPI number on Wednesday, and none of them seem to be rethinking anything. So Dari said that, you know, we're not going to reverse rates next year, basically. Like anybody thinks we're cutting rates is crazy. What did Evans said that we're going to be increasing rates for the rest of the year. 
Same thing with Barkin. Uh, he wants to see positive real rates along the curve. So one question is, the Fed Fund's future still sees, I think, 150 basis points coming this year, maybe a little less than that now. Let's take a look. Yeah, it's about 110 basis points of hikes. Is that the mean expectation? Yeah, 110. Thank you. That seems that has an ending year-end implied rate of about three and a half. And what do you think? You think that's plausible? I think it's plausible. I think I would take the, you know, I think I would take the over on that. Say 75, like 75 basis points in September, and then maybe 50, and then see where we're we're at for the December meeting. But I think what seems less plausible to me is the, the cuts that the market has pressed in policy rates in 2023. I mean, it's obviously a long way out. I think we happen from there, but you know, you could I think easily imagine a world in which the economy has cooled quite a bit. We still have inflation around four percent or something like that, and that's still uncomfortably high for the Fed. I agree. I mean, and honestly, like there's still a jobs report, two PCEs and a CPI between now and the end of September when the Fed will next have a meeting. So it's just too soon to say whether they're going to go 75 or 50, right? If inflation is moderating or stable, you know, maybe do 50 and then go back to 25s. But either way, I don't know, 100 basis points plus or minus as I would say 100 basis points would be sort of the upper bound of what I expect now. So maybe I'm a little bit more dovish than the Fed funds market because I think the Fed wants to see, see the data evolve. And maybe I'm also implicitly including a little bit of inflation moderation in a forecast for the rest of the year. Someday I'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll leave it there. If you would like more of our economic thoughts, you can check the Aster website, Aster IM, that's IM for investmentmanagement.com. You can download the Aster Research app, or you can reach out to your Aster sales representative. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, John. To learn more about Aster Investment Management's research and strategies, please visit us on the web at www.asterim.com or stay up to date by following us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and our app is also available on the App Store and Google Play. Thank you. Aster Investment Management, LLC, is a SEC-registered investment advisor. All information contained herein is for informational purposes only. This is not a solicitation to offer investment advice or services in any state where to do so would be unlawful. Analysis and research are provided for informational purposes only, not for trading or investing purposes. All opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and subject to change. They are not intended as investment recommendations.